You're listening to your non-basketball-related NBA podcast with David and Kane. Kane, we have some NBA news. We have some NBA news. First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, David. How are things with you? I'm good. Have you had a haircut? No. Have you? <laughs> I'm growing my hair long. Like long, long. Like that's your that's intention. I'm gonna keep growing until I find a job, which may be a while. <laughs> oh, you're a contractor. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm also gonna. I haven't had a hair. I don't think I've had a haircut since like January as well. So. Not as long. Even though in Australia, the Prime Minister has declared hairdressers a national treasure, they need to be protected. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Hairdressing is essential essential. in Australia. And uh, (laughs) like, you know that the rules written by men when they said, uh, you can get a haircut as long as it's under 30 minutes. (laughs) And then like half the population is like, how the hell am I supposed to get a haircut in 30 minutes? Don't forget the blow dry. It's very important. Is it an issue in Australia? Because for, I've just noticed um, from some of the U.S. podcasts, people are talking about growing out their hair and the fact that they haven't had haircuts in for a while. I can imagine definitely if you're on broad- broadcast TV, um, it would be like some kind of issue because you'll be on Zoom and you'll, 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 you know, your conference calls are still being broadcasted to a national audience uh, and somehow you need to keep trim, you need to keep tidy. So I can imagine it being a small issue for these people at least. And yeah, I don't know how they would be, unless they just shave it all off. That would be the easiest thing to keep it clean. I was looking at Twitter and there was um, a Ray Allen post on Twitter where he was showing him, um, his unshaved head. And I was thinking, why, why is coronavirus preventing you from shaving your head? Why don't you just shave yourself? <laughs> it's like a bald guy. <laughs> You've uh, decided not to get a haircut since January, but that's uh, that's for style reasons, not because of virus. No, no, no. And oh, yeah. Initially, I was I was probably going to get a haircut about the time, uh, like quarantine mm-hmm. began. Um, but since it began, and yeah, because you know, I I dyed my hair, bleached my hair, and then it's now growing the roots out quite, quite a lot, quite significantly. So I wanted to cut it off, but since I don't want to go out in public. Um, out of health reasons, yeah, it just means that I just forced to grow it out at this point. And for the foreseeable future, because we don't know how long this was going to be, um, this is going to last. Well, the good news, Kane, is that this week we actually have a bit of basketball news. Mm. Obviously, the season is still on hiatus, but our friend Kevin Garnett, uh, dear listener and original fan of our show, He's angry, Kane. He's very angry. I haven't read the details. Can you actually give me the lowdown on this? So, newly minted Hall of Famer, Kevin Garnett, uh, goes into a statement from Shams Athletic and talks about how uh, he basically hates Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And definitely, Minnesota, Tim- like in terms of the Timberwolves organization, when you think of well-known players, you think of obviously Carl Anthony Towns first. Okay. <laughs> then you think of D'Angelo Russell second. And then you have maybe Latrell third. Maybe like Latrell's pretty good. But then yeah, Kevin Garnett is like a solid top five, you know, Minnesota Timber of all time. And you know, his number 21 should be hanging in the rafters. Um, you know, and uh, it's not because he's having a riff with uh, the owner. And he goes on to say that he doesn't, oh, what's the quote? Uh, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, I, I, but I don't do business with snakes, Garnett said. 
I don't do business with snake ex expletive. I try to do with business with openly snakes or people who are snake-alike. So a lot of uh, snake uh, references, and obviously this is a dude that was traded from Minnesota to the Boston Celtics and won a championship, and then uh, went to even great honors of then joining the Nets and took them all the way to the uh, conference semifinals. Um, so like, you know, high honors on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, him not having his jersey retired by the Timberwolves, the, the organization that he spent the majority of his career with is a little bit upsetting, I guess, for fans. Because me, when I was growing up, Garnett on the Witness and Tim Timberwolves was like unstoppable. Legend. Like when I Legend. played him using NBA Live, he, he could, you could do no wrong offensively and defensively, of course, too. But offensively as well, like you could shoot any shot, maybe except a three-pointer, but any shot inside the three-point line was consistent. Dunks, like free throw lines from the elbow, money. Garnett was money. Um, and uh, I think it's worth noting that probably why Garnett has issues with Taylor, like calling him a snake and stuff like that, is probably to do some with some desire to become a part-time owner with the Wolves. And uh, we were saying before the cast that it's probably Taylor's reneging of that promise that has sparked uh, Garnett's uh, vehement criticism. Yes, I think if I remember correctly, it was when uh, the Wolves brought back Flip Saunders to the team and they made mm. him both coach and, as well as president and giving Flip yeah. a lot of power. And I think a part of that setup was that Flip was able to then bring Garnett into the fold mm. as well uh, to be a part of management. And I think, I think Flip was probably the owner was in talks with Flip about giving him a, a part uh, piece, piece of the well, team. Yeah. And as a, as a result of that, probably Garnett was also promised to mm. get a piece as well. And after Flip passed away, a rest in peace, Flip, um, the owner probably, I think the, the owner uh, cleaned house, essentially. And there was a mm. fallout between him and Garnett. That's fair, fair enough. enough. But I'm still pretty surprised about like the, because this is like really uh, extreme and harsh comments yeah. to call him a snake. Was, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, just to back up what you were saying about Flip died, uh, when Flip passed away, um, Garnett's quote was that um first of all it's not genuine like referring to glenn glenn and i had an understanding before flip saunders died and when flip died that understanding went with flip for that i went forgive glenn i went forgive him give him for that i thought he was a straight up person straight up businessman and when flip died everything went with him so i mean that all makes sense in terms of pro being promised a uh, ownership stake and then re then glenn taylor reneging on that on that promise once again yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to feel about that. To be honest, I mean, this kind of highlight just re reminded me of how the Timberwolves are. It's not a first class team, yeah. right? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, not. despite your. Glenn Taylor probably made the horrible owners, owners list. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know who Glenn Taylor was, but now I do because of this public rift. And uh, yeah, he's probably just made my list of bad owners, yeah. bad yeah. ownership. Bad, bad NBA ownership. Yeah, because I mean they've got Towns and they have D'Lo. Uh, One and uh, two of all time. Okay. We talked about this <laughs> yes, before. We yeah, agreed. we agreed. I think I remember talking about uh, D'Lo actually in your car, and you were so happy to, to for the prospect that, that he'll be able to be traded by the Nets. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Dilo, talk to me. Don't. Okay. Dilo's a private snake. conversation. Snakes are gonna be. Snakes are gonna be snakes. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> um, Dilo and I go way back. On one hand, they have two great young stars, and so their future looks bright. On the other hand, these things do remind you that the ownership's pretty flaky, mm. probably. And if things go south, mm. don't, and, I mean, I would not be surprised if those two players end up on, on different teams. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And uh, just with like the retirement of uh, Garnett's jersey, I think there's one side of me, the fan of me, that like I will always remember him as a, as a Timberwolf. And um, I think it's a little bit saddening that, you know, his 21 won't be retired and won't be like, you know, respected in the annals of uh, Timberwolf history as like, you know, Kevin Garnett. Uh, but at the same time, it's a business. And, you know, why should he cozy up to this dude that is being a snake um, and giving him like the rights to the jersey number and, and, and like kind of showing his respect kind of like being being placed on the stage and platform where he's being retired and he's showing respect to the organization and 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 the organization is showing respect back to Kevin Garnett when it's not true like that's all facade and in like in the true form Kevin Garnett hates the Timberwolves because it's owned by Glenn Taylor who's a man that Kevin Garnett despises at the moment so I think it's it's fine it's a business at the end of the day and Kevin Garnett doesn't want to help this business out at all. And we should be clear, Kevin in a statement was very thankful to the fans. And this has nothing to do with the actual fans. Oh yeah, for sure. It's nothing to do with the fans. It's unfortunately to do with the organization because it's owned by a man that he despises. <laughs> the fans, unfortunately, are caught in the crosshairs. Uh, uh, like, uh, caught in the crossing, unfortunately. Like, even though Kevin Dar Garnett doesn't want his uh, jersey retired now, that, that option is always going to be there. Because you can't argue that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, number twenty-one. That's the timber. That's the Timberwolves. I mean, Hall. He's also a yeah, Hall of Famer. and Hall of Famer should have brought this up first, which is uh, the the Hall of Fame class this year includes Kobe Bryant, uh, Tim Duncan, and KG. When do they normally do the ceremonies? It's during the summer, right? Yeah. So it's um, the enshrinement into uh, the Hall of Fame is on August 29th, twenty twenty. That was when. That was the original date of when the ceremony will happen. Um, I mean, the, the ceremony will probably still happen then, but the whole like logistics around how the ceremony will like go ahead is all up in the air, obviously. I think they actually need to hold off on the Hall of Fame because this one is mm. extra special. Obviously, we've got Kobe Bryant. This one is iconic. Right? This is yeah. a really iconic one. Not only do you have two Crazy. of... Two of the generational talents. Yeah, both Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan won They've five got rings. Collectively, between, uh, ten NBA champions. Ten rings between That's them. Fucking crazy. Ten, ten NBA championships. That's crazy. Yeah. And KG has won, and he he's probably one of one of the top five power forwards of all time as so well. So I'm not okay with them doing this remote remotely if that's what they're thinking. Um, I think this needs to be a very mm. special event, especially with the passing of Kobe Bryant. This needs to be the mem the most memorable one. Yeah, for sure. I would say that um, this is an important enshrinement, but uh, the NBA probably isn't really wor worried about this at this at this point, at this juncture. Like their biggest concern, obviously, is trying to restart the NBA season, or you know, look at the possible options and and yeah, just trying to work out the Hall of Fame ceremony is, I think, 
the least of their worries. I mean, they got the they had the draft. The draft is in June as well. The draft is before the this Hall of Fame ceremony. So you know, even the draft needs uh, you know prior priority attention before this does. Unfortunately, just in terms of the calendar events, like they got a bunch of things that they like were worried about, and it's all up in the air because we just people don't know what the situation is with coronavirus and how it it's going to get worse in the states. Okay, so what is the, actually the latest on the NBA season? Because this week, I've again shout out to to Wendy Brian Windhorst who have done some really great reporting. Why, why are you laughing? Don't disrespect him, okay? I love Wendy. No, no, I'm laughing at something funny like I watched earlier during dinner time. Just focus, please. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you can't just like leave me hanging there. What would you watch? What's so funny? Come on, <laughs> spill it. Okay, nah, it was. Was it the new me. Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneer jerseys? Have you even seen them? Yeah, I was like, what yet? the? F is this different than the old ones? This looks terrible. Yeah. What looks good? Looks clean. Also, also, also proud that like they made the right choice. Because these were the jerseys I grew up watching. That, that's the thing. I think the people. Let's park the NBA talk. Let's. We need to get personal and real right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers released their new jerseys. Walk me through this. Okay, so it's an homage to their Super Bowl uniforms, and um, yeah, it, the Super Bowl uniforms are like red, white, and like a dark gray. They call it a pewter. It's kind of like a like a brownish kind of metal sort of color. And um, it's like a shiny material, shiny sort of color, shiny sort of texture as well somehow. And um, it looks good. Like they have one all pewter jersey, which is really cool. And then they have an all white jersey, which is usually the away jersey. And then they have a red top uh, jersey with the pewter bottoms. And uh, yeah, so they, they look pretty much identical to the Super Bowl uniforms. But, uh, you know, obviously they, that was, that's been the color scheme. Uh, with the you know new with the logo ever since they went away from the creamsicles like the orange maybe like old NFL fans will remember like the Bucks used to sport orange jerseys that that was not appropriate for the Jameis Winston era no orange Fair enough. please no um, orange please but when I started <laughs> he gets nervous the, when he sees started... orange <laughs> no, okay come on okay but when I, but when I started of you know, supporting the Bucks, I I I I supported them pretty much after the Super Bowl. So I really I I grew up watching the you know the red, white, and pewter jerseys. And uh, when they got new designs, like you know five years ago, getting the alarm clock numbers and stuff like that, I like I, I try to force myself to like it and try to make reason like find reasons why um, I like them. But I couldn't really like I couldn't really ever really like them. And, and for five years, I was just always. I know, like it was always a sore spot watching them on TV. But now, yeah, like I see them, the classic, the nostalgic to me. I like, I love them. Just like, yeah, I just as soon as I saw them, like it was just a natural feeling. Like, yeah, I love it. And to be honest, I think most most of the internet agrees with me. Like, there's lots of polls and people are, are pretty much in unison. Like, usually when jerseys come out, people hate them. So this is a Nike uh, Nike designed uniform. They're both. Uh, this one, yeah, the, the the previous one and this one are both Nike efforts. They're both by Nike. Right. But the last one were like, you know, the Seahawks jerseys. Like they were like one of the first radical Nike redesigns. Um, because you know, like usually NFL jerseys like kind of all look the same. They all got the block, 
kind of like numbers and lettering with a pipe around it, the border around it. Um, and they're just different colors and whatever. But like with the Seahawks jersey, they really went up. Like they went like lime green with navy blue, like a dark navy blue and like white and like with like patterns all around it. And like it was really, it worked because it was so unique and so crazy. And after that, they just, they tried to apply these, this aesthetic to other jerseys around the league, but it just, to me, like it didn't work. It didn't work that well. Like, especially the box, like it was a weird, weird attempt at NFL jerseys, um, like, like now the previous one, but this one, it, it just, it just feels more right, I guess, as an NFL jersey, because it, it needs to be NFL. Yeah, this one's simple. It needs to feel like it's, it's NFL. It's got to have some heritage. It's really simple. It's got some heritage because that's when that's that's the that's the uniforms they're wearing during the Super Bowl, so it has like a lot of you know historical cachet. Yeah, so I mean it has a similar font to the traditional like piping font without yeah, being yeah. too old school, but you have the basic silhouette and shape of the old font. Because I think this was brought in 1999 or 1998. That's when they got these like these ones over the cream, creamsicles. Right. The one that's replacing, uh, when you say alarm clock font, it's just, it's, yeah, it's very modern, um, very edgy, but uh, I can see it easily This date. was a throwback? Like this is in like 2000 and, I don't know, 2009, 2010, something like that. And, but these were throwbacks to the creamsicles, um, but pretty much the same. So they had a different helmet, they had a white helmet, they had different uniforms, and they're like kind of cool because they're so edgy and they're so like 70s. You know what I mean? Like this this the 70s vibe. Yeah, but the thing to me, it just it feels it's not dated, definitely. Like it looks classic, so it's just cool. But to me, it doesn't feel as fresh as the red ones. Like the red ones just feel so sharp and bold and like like it feels like a tougher team than the orange ones. Because also the thing with the orange, the creamsicle era of the, of the Buccaneers is they were known for losing because they were expansion team in like 76. So they, they you know, expansion teams are hard. You can't, it's hard to get talent. And um, so they were known for losing and losing and losing. And eventually that became like the culture, like just a losing like shit, sad team with orange uniforms. Like that was the whole vibe. And so that's when they updated to the red and then they got like superstar players then and then won Super Bowl. It kind of created this mystique around their red jerseys and oh, we should go back to the orange jerseys sometimes because like now that we're winning franchise, we can kind of, you know, adopt the, the old losing culture once in a while just to like, you know, laugh at ourselves and like rem reminisce about when we were like babies kind of thing like that. Um, but to go full circle all the way back to orange, I just, it's, to me, it's just not, not, not the right vibe to me because I think you have to go back to the glory days and that's the 2002 Super Bowl jerseys. You gotta be honest with me, Kane. As a grown up, do you feel silly cheering for a team that has like a pirate ship as a logo? <laughs> it's okay. I, I think to be honest, it's, it's, it's much better. Be objective. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, I think it's much better than rooting for other teams that has like a like a falcon, like a bird, as as the logo, or like a like a lightning bolt. <laughs> like there's way lamer logos to support. <laughs> yeah, like the Chargers, for example, or like a goat. Like the goat's it goes pretty, pretty good. It goes pretty good. Yeah, the I don't I don't cool. dig the Buccaneers. I'm just saying, there are some. There are definitely some like 
like the Celtics, if you if the Celtics and the Patriots were bad, right, that's true. It would be pretty funny yeah, to be true. like supporting like a leprechaun. Like, what's menacing about leprechaun? Yeah, no, especially like this obese, like short obese leprechaun. Or like a flying Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even like it's just classic. It's just tradition. So, and it's a winning tradition. So people have grown to accept it as part of sports law. But if it wasn't a winning, if it wasn't a winning thing, they would have changed that. Like, you know. They probably would have changed at some point if they were always a losing team. When I saw their Pirate Trip logo, I was like, what the fuck? Why is Pirate why do they have like Pirate Bay, that Torrance site logo on their on their shirt? <laughs> I was like, what? P- Pirate Bay's back? Finally. Yeah, I think maybe like also it's just when I was a kid, I also like loved trying to draw the Buccaneers flag as well. Like I just thought it's a really menacing thing, like skull like a skull and swords and on a flag. It it like to and I don't know, like as a kid, you like, you know, pirates are pretty fascinating. So yeah, I just remember like liking to draw the Buccaneers logo. It was hard, obviously, like one of the harder logos, but I like drawing it. And then, yeah, I don't know, it's just nostalgic to me. It's just, I don't know. But anyway, it sounds like I'm happy that you you think it's a thumbs up. It's a big thumbs up. I, I think it's a total thumbs up. I think generally internet agrees too. Like, uh, like a lot of polls I've been seeing, like a lot of people uh, in lockstep that these are good jerseys. This is a good redesign and it's a solid, solid. And I just, I think also just, we can't wait to see Tom Brady wearing it more than anything. I think Tom, I think Tom Brady wearing it is, is, is like a big deal. I think that's, that's, that's the thing people can't wait to see. Yo, I don't care if, the, if they have the Pirate Bay logo. I don't care if they have like Donald Duck. As long as we're going to see images circulated of Giselle Bunchen wearing Buccaneer apparel. Mm. It's going to be okay, cool, okay? Talking. It's going to be you, cool. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Whatever you're talking. Tom Brady wears and whatever his wife wears is the cool thing. Simple as that. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited, Kane, because two weeks ago you were, with all the coronavirus stuff, I don't think you were properly responding to the fact that they landed Brady. I was looking forward to this day the most because Brady to me just like crept out of nowhere. Like maybe two days before free agency started, there was like a lot of rumors, but who knows? Rumors are rumors. And then when it became news, I was excited, but maybe only for a few hours. And I was like, okay, well, you know, with this whole coronavirus cloud hanging over everyone's heads, it's a bit mute point at this point because we just don't know when the season, if the season will resume. Um, but to me, I don't know, the jerseys feel much, much more tangible because even if it doesn't happen this season or next, like, like, sorry, this season, at some point they'll be wearing the jerseys, but Tom Brady is 43 years old. <laughs> okay. if, he, if there's no, if there's no season this, this year, there's, there may be no guarantee that he plays ever again. You know what I mean? I actually think that the NFL has a better chance of starting their season. Uh, because I don't, I don't actually, because the NFL is, I think, is a more of a, uh, a television spectacle, an event. I think that's the thing that sport leagues have always tried to balance. Like they want fans visiting the games because that creates a better connection uh, with the product. Um, but television is a much obviously easier uh, way to consume the product. You know, at, at least from a you know, like just from a pro- like a basketball angle or the sports angle, but it's harder to create connections with the team as easily watching it on television. So there's always that balance. And NFL, I think because they have such passionate fans already because it's inbuilt into their city and usually that city, usually like NFL is a bigger sport in America than NBA for sure. Um, so they're just going to have inroads to the, 
to like the people of that town much easier than MBA. We usually have a much harder time trying to create, you know, a passionate fan base. Like look at New Orleans. Um, the Saints are there and they love the Saints. And the Pelicans, if they don't have good players, you know, and they've been lucky for at least, they're going to be lucky for the like the last 20 years, including the next 10 years. Sorry, they'll be lucky for the last, they've been lucky for the last 10 years and they'll be lucky for the future 10 years because they've had Anthony Davis and now Zion Williamson. But if they didn't have those two players, they didn't lock out with the lottery, they would be one of the saddest teams in the, in the NBA. And it's just harder for NBA, uh, NBA franchises to get inroads with the fan base, the community. So do you think they can play the games without fans in the, for the NFL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think because of that, um, that's why the NFL has been more heavily investing into television uh, like avenues and, and partnerships because they know that they have that uh, like fan base. But with the NBA, they need to create that more intimate connection with the fans. And that's why like they try to create a more intimate stadium uh, arena and get people closer and sitting really close to the to the players so they can like, you know, draw you know, more intimate relationships with the players and stuff like that. And it's all, it's all part of trying to, um, you know, get connected with the f- team and the city and like that, that sort of symbiotic relationship. Uh, NFL is much easier. Like they've already created fans already because it's a much, Americans love NFL much more. And um, yeah, so they can focus on television. And to your point, yeah, they can totally, probably, they can probably just televise it and not have fans. It won't be a great experience though. Like, like still be much better to have fans because that's that's like 20% or 30% of watching it like hearing the noise of the fans it it is this is it, interesting i think it truly is it does it does affect the product like the game experience for this sure this is interesting cuz as a as a non nfl fan I actually like it when i have, there's less fan noise i find the fan noise annoying what i like most is hearing their uh the protective gear like clack and clank against uh, against each other, and the grunts. I think that's like you hear that as well. But I think yeah, but you saw you know, maybe it gets a bit muffled out by the fan noise. But I think it's nothing better when you hear a big hit because it it rises above the fan noise. Right. Okay, that's true. So maybe a combination. Maybe they can, although. Mm. They gotta uh, be careful. This is me. I've always liked. I, l- I always loved sports because of the fan participation. Would you be for or against piping fan, uh, like a fan mm. track? I think the thing is like the piping the fan noise um, track is is usually unacceptable or legal because um, it creates unfair advantage. Um, you know, for I guess whatever for whatever reason, it's just not. But now that there are no fans, there'll be a level, even level, uh, level playing field. And if you want to pipe noise just to create a somewhat at, like fake atmosphere, <laughs> and they okay. all do it universally, that, like, then I think it'll be okay that'd with be that. That'd be like extreme home court advantage. <laughs> so the, whole team, yeah, exactly. the other team just have like piping booze. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have to keep it consistent. <laughs> when like LeBron's like on free floor lines, like silence. <laughs> and then when Kawhi's on the free That'd throw line, they're piping like nine one one calls, fake nine one one calls. I don't know why. Yeah, that's, yeah help that's me, really Kawhi! Funny. I've got the coronavirus. Come home. <laughs> as soon as yeah, the other teams like the teams like on offense, so it's like, like just people like you're like fire, 
It's a fire. <laughs> Oh my god. Get out! It's not it's not a drill, get We're out. Sorry about your cat. It's got the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put him down now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Say, no. say your goodbyes. <laughs> Mr. Middens. Okay. Let's uh let's get serious again. Yeah, I don't know. Look, um NFL I don't have I don't think they have too many problems they have to worry about as much, but the NBA has some NBA has some serious, serious decisions to make in the upcoming weeks. If not days, to be honest. Let's talk about the Bows, who made a bit of news this week by shaking up their front office. So they haven't, you know, because they don't have a head, they don't have a head coach at the moment. They fired, um, did they fire? Fred Horiborg? Wait, let's it's pause. Not, it's not Fred Horiborg. Did they? No, that was, I think that was a, what, a bit back. Wait, give me a oh, second. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, it's like, it was a college coach, right? Suffice to say, we don't know what happened, but the Bulls uh, shook up their front office. And once, when they become relevant again, we'll come back and talk about it. The only thing I know of Chicago is um, there was once a guy uh, named Michael Jordan who won six NBA championships. Top five player? Uh, for Chicago. Like, you know, that's... He's top... Three, sure. What's the other two? D'Angelo? Uh, D'Angelo and yeah, Anthony Towns. <laughs> for sure. Not, not yet, but they, they'll get to that point. I just want to say that, yeah, this is... Uh, this will be an interesting sort of uh, footnote. This is not obviously a big, big story in the grand scheme of things because the NBA has bigger things to worry about. And also, fans also have things to worry about. But, um, you know, right now, they're looking for a new GM. They're looking for a new process. And they're willing to do anything because right now, like really, like is the Chicago Bulls rebuilding or are they just trying to acquire talent or are they trying to win? They're like, not trying who, to win. Like I really don't. They're just rebuilding. Like they haven't been relevant for, for well, years. Well, I also don't think they're rebuilding as well. I also, I don't think they're trying to lose out as well by, by giving Zach Levine like a contract and giving Jabari Parker a, you know, a big contract and um, yeah, I don't even know who else they have, but like, I just, I don't think that, it doesn't feel like they're trying to, it doesn't feel like they're going right about this the right way of getting the right, getting the best I mean, talent. they may be trying, but they're failing miserably. And getting draft picks. I mean, picks. ever since they traded Jimmy Butler, it's been just disaster over there. That's the thing, like, I, I don't think it's like, even like, they have to be, they have to start winning. They just don't have any exciting players. Like, I thought Zach Levine, when he got traded for the Timberwolves, was that kind of player, but... He is only exciting during All-Star Weekend. And he wins! Kane is about wins! No, I agree, I agree. Look, I like, there's a reason why the Atlanta Hawks are more interesting than the Chicago Bulls, even though they, they lost way more games. It's because they've got exciting young prospects that you feel like have a future. Even the Timberwolves probably have won the same amount of games as the Bulls, but the Timberwolves have like name-brand name talent that you can hang your hat on and say, like, look, this is the future of our team. Whether it works out or not, like, Man, like these guys are like a, you know, bankable, brandable, marketable players. Uh, Chicago, I, there's only two players I know, and Zach Levine and that's and and Colby Colby White, who's a pretty good player. I've seen some highlights. Yeah, okay, was just drafted. Yes, last year he was like. He was just drafted. He was just drafted. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what's happening over there. I mean, I guess I would applaud them for shaking up the front office or potentially shaking up the front office. Because obviously to, yeah. they've failed miserably. Um, they've. This is the result of them trading Jimmy Butler. This is the result of them getting rid of Derrick Rose and that ending that whole era. 
and we've seen that they have not rebounded. So we need fresh, we need fresh people in there now. It's been, it's also been long enough as well since like 2013, 2014. It's coming back to the NBA season before we got sidetracked. It's now looking not so good about saving the season. From Brian Windhorst, he's being... Why do you, do you laugh every time I mention the name Brian Windhorst? Be respectful. I was laughing at Brian Windhorst. Be respectful. I'm laughing at, I'm laughing at your, bi- your bias at uh, trying to salvage this NBA season. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. If they cancel this season, I am going to fucking burst in tears, okay? I'm going to cry. I am not <laughs> above crying. Okay, who do you think is more has been more affected? LeBron James or the thousands of people that have like people who are going to ER, <laughs> Okay, okay. ER that's not a fair question. Uh, that's not a for coronavirus. Of course, with every passing week and of course with the rising death toll, basketball and sports. New York has more deaths than 9/11 now. Yes, okay, okay. You know, I'm, I'm trying to share my emotions, Kane, and you fucking talk about 9-11 to me. <laughs> it's about Sorry, me! I need my me time, Kane! I need my me time. LeBron James. Oh, look, Kane, I have, to, I have to be honest with you. With each passing week, I'm starting to come around with the fact that the NBA season probably would not start. Can I give you two reasons? I was probably way, way more reasons, but can I give you like solid two reasons why I don't think it'll start? Mm-hmm. Cool. I think Adam Silver addressed that um, they will revisit the idea of, you know, commencing the season in June, in May. May is a month away. <laughs> and like from May to June, like to then have a decision, like, like to whether to restart the season and then to work out the logistics of how to, you know, what are the, the, the structure of the, you know, to finish out the season and crown a champion. It seems like it's just so up in the air, like they won't work out a structure to properly work this out. Number two, number two, in terms of what I can think of, if, if they do, if they do commence, recommence the season and they do it in like a, like, you know, a one city bubble where everyone just plays on like a few courts and, you know, whatever. What happens if one person, one bad egg brings like a girl home or like goes out for like a day and, and they contract coronavirus? Then the whole operation is, it's just way too much risk, uh, you know, to expect everyone's going to be quarantined in that hotel and finish out the season. And I, I just don't see how it's logistically possible. On your first point, I agree. There's a lot of coronation organization. Don't forget, we have to get agreement from the owners. And from mm. the way that different owners are talking, it doesn't seem feel like they're on the same page necessarily. So I agree that's a big hurdle. I think on the second point, that's going to be less of a hurdle because by then we would have very quick test, testing abilities. So t- t- you could get tests done and results within the hour probably. Um, so I th- think that's sh- I think that should that's be okay. Tr- I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, I just think there's a little bit of like, uh, obviously there's a moral question, like should the NBA be like priority users for this type of equipment, especially because right now this, the 15 minute tests don't really exist in, for public usage at the moment. And if, if it were to be introduced to public, should the NBA get it first? Like that kind of seems a bit unfair in some sense. Um, 
when there's probably like a greater good that it should go to. Uh, and number two is uh, what happens if like, you know, a superstar player like Giannis gets coronavirus. Does that mean the Bucks don't play without like that, Giannis? What that means is that LeBron James gets crowned champion. What if LeBron James gets coronavirus? Oh then, then we need to stop the league. We need to stop it. Wait till next year. We need to wait till next year. <laughs> Actually, you're right. That's just too fucked up. You know what up. I mean, right? It's too fucked like, up. You just like... It's, it, it's way too much risk. To, it's still way too much risk because anyone... It, it only takes one person to get infected and then that shut, shut it down again because... Daryl Morey is probably like patient zero for all we know. Like no one who's going to want to play against Houston. <laughs> it's like, get Morey away from me. When I think about it, it like kind of scares me thinking like they're just all held up for like two months without their families probably. They probably can't have their families in like a, one hotel playing on like a couple courts. Now you're making it really sad sounding. It sounds like we've like kidnapped it them. It is kind of sad we've, though. We've like kidnapped them and forced them it to It is kind of sad though. Like just, just because they want to win, they want to crown a champion. Oh, okay. You're making me feel very guilty. So I agree with you actually. It probably is best not to continue with this season. Seems like a tall order. Seems like a tall order. That's what I'm saying. Like there's no easy, there's no easy answer. There's no easy answer. My biggest issue though is how can we start a new season when this one has not finished yet? It's almost like I've just completed 80% of my last season and now you're asking me to hit restart and start fresh again. You're writing this beautiful essay and you're 80% done and then your computer crashes and all your work is lost and you have to start over again. I, I can't wrap my hand around that. Whenever this starts, I think they need to just like finish that season first and then restart the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't, you know, like you, you're kind of uh, replacing bias onto me because you think that I don't care about the season because the Nets aren't going to do very well, like if the season does resume. But the thing is like months later when the season does resume, they'll probably have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back I, I don't care if they're the seventh seed. If we got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back, I'm pretty sure they're better than the Raptors. Oh, there's so much disrespect. So much disrespect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care that the seventh seed and they're playing, they're, they're all playing a neut a neutral sides. Like, I'll rather have Kevin Durant, a fresh Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over like, a Pascal Siakam, to be honest. I, I just can't see an easy answer to restart. And the easiest answer is the bubble idea. But the bubble to me has so many like flaws, um, human error flaws. There needs to be some communication ahead of time to make it a positive thing, right? They can't just like all of a sudden announce with two weeks to go or a month even to go that there's going to be a bubble and all the players are going to be playing this bubble because then it feels like we've kidnapped a bunch of players and like shipped them off to some weird like Hunger Game scenario. Um, like this has to be coming from the players. There needs to be like a build-up where the players are talking about how like excited they are about being able to get back on the court and play this game in a bubble. Um, otherwise, it just feels like they've been dictated now. Like we've grabbed, we've kidnapped the world's greatest basketball athletes and made them into like playing this Jordan tournament with this evil, bald, skinny man <laughs> from the future, Adam Silver. Slender man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, this, that's just the thing. Like, and, and to hear reports that the NBA is angling to cancel the season is really doomsday sort of like headlines. It, like, no one wants to see it. 
and I, obviously, man, obviously I want the NBA to restart. Like, I miss basketball. We should be watching basketball right now. This is, I think there's only like a week left of the regular season if if, if this coronavirus never started. We would be starting the, we'll be starting the playoffs. I like, can't believe it. Week. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, we should be in the playoffs. We should be, in, we should be like final few games working out the final like, like listing of the seeds, you know, like like the sorting of the seeds. Like this is where we should be in normal life, but th- this is just a topsy turvy world. I think also it's just like yeah, the lack of answers and also the lack of it's not bad leadership, obviously. But it's just the lack of answers from Adam Silver because he doesn't know either. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to like put his efforts into because any effort put into one idea is probably wasted because. It, it quickly could be logistically impossible because of the you know, circumstances. Um, so I think that's why I heard Adam Silver is going to be waiting until May 1st to make a final decision whether the season should go ahead or not. And as we've discussed in the number of previous weeks is America still hasn't reached its uh, apex yet. It's still, it's still trending upwards and every day the deaths are going much higher and higher and higher. And uh, it's, I think based on the predictions, it's not going to stop anytime soon. It's going to take it like at least another few weeks. And by May 1st, it probably still hasn't reached its peak yet. So it's still going to be like thousands and thousands of deaths happening a day. And America's just like, you know, war-torn sort of uh, atmosphere. And they probably don't want to do NBA, do even want to consider the NBA at that point. I have to agree with you, Kane. Once again, I think you've shown... Uh... I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong as well, but I think your reasoning is very valid and it's true that, you know, to be honest, the U.S. is still going through their curve and I think it's just going to feel all wrong if sports started up again. Uh, it's, it's also kind of important to note that uh, President Trump had calls with all the sport head of the sport leagues and like trying to urge them all to oh, restart really? oh, as God. soon as okay. possible. Just, just, oh, you didn't, you no. didn't hear about this? Oh my God, it's terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd like, he talked to the NFL, like, like to make sure like they would just do business as usual. He talked to the NBA to like try to urge them to restart. The MLB to, you know, like just re- to start the okay, season. Okay, well definitely like do the um, opposite of what he's saying. So definitely do not start the season. <laughs> But I think I think it's also like you know I think the the, conf, the lack of confidence in it, the NBA starting restarting is because the NBA are looking into different ways of um, sparking competition with like a horse tournament and you know what other whatever other activities they can they can brainstorm up. But it just shows that they're trying to provide NBA content with NBA stars like the people that people want the stars that people want to see, but just not in the you know you know, out, what we should know in the playoff. Like, in, that's not, that, yeah, it's not the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I don't agree with this horse tournament. I mean, like you said, the, the playoffs should be starting. Intensity, the, how intense would the playoffs be? Now we get a horse tournament? This is a joke. Oh, also, there was an NBA 2K tournament. It's a joke. I mean, those are all nice, and these are things that you would expect to see during All-Star Weekend. Or the off-season. Another week, and maybe next week we'll know more, but uh, as of now, the hiatus continues. So until we meet again, dear listeners, stay safe, protect your family. Such a sad, such a sad, somber ending. This too will pass.
God bless. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Issa Torres on the beat, boys. Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.